morning. Okay, we'll be where we left off last time would be at the bottom of page one. The judgments of the tribulation period. It's good timing here, get us in the mood for the Christmas season, right? Seriously, it's all, it's all the Word of God, and it's all important no matter what time of the year we hear it or <clears throat> look into it. This section we're looking at in chapter 6 of Revelation, it's commonly that we, it starts off with what's commonly called the four horsemen of the apocalypse, right? And so I'm going to read through that, and then we're going to go back and take a quick peek at this one. A lot of these are self-explanatory, so... Um, I kind of expect to get through all of these judgments. Of course, I expected to get through lessons before, and, you know, it doesn't always work out. But that's my goal anyway. We'll see what happens. Okay, Revelation chapter 6, verse 1. Matter of fact, I'm just going to read it and speak as we go along. That'll pick up some time here. The seven seals. Now, there's three sets of judgments that come in series of sevens, and... <clears throat> I'm going to start right here, the seven seals. The first seal is the arrival of the Antichrist. And I saw when the Lamb broke one of the seven seals, and I heard one of the four living creatures saying with a voice of thunder, Come. And I looked, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on it had a bow, and a crown was given to him, and he went out conquering and to conquer. I'm going to stop right there for a moment, and what I should have done first is just let me back up into chapter 5. Let me just set the, the context of this, because I think it, may, it gives it a bit more strength here. Um, <clears throat> the scene it, up here in heaven is that John, in chapter 5, uh, the apostle John is in the spirit, carried there, and he's troubled because he, cause there's the, the title deed, was held when it was it was sealed up by seven seals and uh, and that you can look at that as like a, a title deed or a grant deed of the earth, but yet no one was found worthy to open those seals and look into it, and so that concerned John. And he goes, and then the the message was given: don't worry about it. The uh, verse five says, uh, "Stop weeping. Behold, the lion that is from the tribe of Judah." The root of David has overcome so as to open the book and its seven seals. So we know who that is, don't we? So Christ himself is the one that's going to be up there in heaven when the time comes, breaking these seals opening and sending the judgments that follow. Okay, so we, we get there <clears throat> and the angels in heaven and uh, they praise and they sang a new song, verse 9, Worthy art thou to take the book and to break its seals, for you were slain and did purchase for God with your blood 
men from every tribe, tongue, and people and nation, and you have made them to be a kingdom of priests to our God, and they will reign upon the earth. Okay, so here we go. And, but before that reigning on the earth can happen, the earth has to be purged. And that's what's coming, going to be starting right now. In verse 11 of chapter 5, And I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them was myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands. That translates, that's, that's a figure of speech saying it's just a countless number. I mean, it's just a countless number. So many of them you can forget, don't even try to count them. It's just millions, we would say, millions and millions. That's, they're saying the same thing. <clears throat> In verse 14, I'll just jump down to there. And the four living creatures kept saying, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. And then I saw the lamb break one of the seals. That's where we pick up. And here's what, and the voice said, come. Some, some people say that actually could mean, some manuscripts say, come and see. Others say, actually, this could be uh, translated, go. Like sending the horse out. And the grammar can work. There's, I don't think we need to get into that discussion today. It's for over a word here, uh, for, you know, because it's it's going it's happening anyway. Whether it's, whether they're saying come over here, John, and look, or horse go take off and you know deliver the deliver the goods. Well, you notice here in verse two, I looked and behold a white horse. Some mistaken. Oh, that's the coming. No, no, it's not the second coming. Okay, um, <clears throat> and he who sat on it had a bow, and a crown was given to him, and he went out conquering, and to conquer. This is most Bible scholars of the pre-tribulation persuasion, premillennial persuasion believe this is actually the Antichrist because it fits. And next, following this lesson, perhaps next week, we'll be looking at the Antichrist himself. Uh, <clears throat> but here it says he had a bow. You notice it doesn't talk anything about arrows. And a bow with no arrows, but he is going to have a crown. And we'll, again, get into that in more detail. Was given to him, and he went out and conquered and conquered. So there he comes. And a lot of his conquering, uh, we've looked at it a little bit. And the nature of the Antichrist is he's a tremendously, or will be, a tremendously qualified deceiver. He will lie and deceive like no one in history has ever seen. He's just going to fake nations out. He's going to uh, trick people, dupe people. We know that he's going to make a, uh, an allegiance with uh, Israel for seven years. In the middle of that seven-year break, it. we've already read about that. We'll look at that more, too, later. But um, <clears throat> he's going to be, again, quite an accomplished uh, conqueror that thinks quite highly of himself. He's all, remember, he's that, he's that little horn with the big mouth, just always bragging. And uh, Anyway, we're getting way ahead. The second seal, verse 3 and 4. And he broke the second seal. I heard a second living creature say, come or go. And another, a red horse, went out, and to him was given on it. And it was granted to take peace from the earth and that men should slay one another, and a great sword was given to him. Okay, again, this second one represents war. And that's one of the things where they, they, the Antichrist is, is going to come at a time of extreme turmoil. There's going to be wars all over the place. 
you know, Jesus says there'd be wars and rumors of wars, you know. And so all these things are going to be taking place. And I'll tell you, the world's going to be looking for somebody to just get us out of this mess. You know, they're just, and this, I believe these, these, uh, these first ones here, the four horsemen, I believe they come early in the tribulation period, very early. Gets people set up for the deceiver, the deceptor that's coming. And then following war, we have famine. And verse 5, and when he broke the third seal, I heard the living creature say, Come, and I looked, and behold, a black horse. And he who sat on it had a pair of scales in his hand. And it was <clears throat> in the voice of the sand of the four living creatures saying, A quart of wheat for a denarius, and three quarts of barley for a denarius, and do no harm to the oil and the wine. Interesting thing here. The denarius... Um, is the equivalent of one day's wage in that time frame, that time period. And so a quart of wheat, or a, which is a, oh, that actually is what? Uh, that's a, a dry measure. So you have a very small quantity of, of wheat is going to cost you a day's wage. That's, you think inflation today is bad. <clears throat> But again, that's what happens. It's your, the prices are up because supply is way, way down. Okay? And that's the reason there. It's not uh, the same reason we have today. It's just the opposite. Their supplies were just not there. Their supplies are just not there. So if you wanted it, you're going to have to pay for it because it's a famine situation. So in a famine situation, and where it takes a lot of money to buy a little bit of food, guess who suffers? The poor, again, the poor, get, the poor get hit hard on this one. And then verse, uh, the fourth seal is, well, you have war, which often produces famine, and then famine and war will then followed by death. Makes perfect sense. And, <clears throat> and when he broke the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature saying, Come, and I looked to behold an ashen horse, or a pale horse, and he who sat on it had the name Death. And Hades was followed him, and authority was given to them over a fourth of the earth to kill with sword and with famine and with pestilence. And here's an and by the wild beasts of the earth. So it's not just the famine that's killing these people; it's the wars that uh, were spoken of here. Um, but I find that that at the end, with the last one there, with pestilence, well, that often when, you, when people get sick and you got people dying all over the place. You've got carcasses rotting all over the place. That's the scene here. And pestilence is going to follow. Sickness, disease is going to be there. And by the wild beasts of the earth, um, I mean, even, even nature itself is going to be upheaval, in upheaval. Um, <clears throat> nowadays, you wander around, and for the most part, you can just use our neck of the woods as a thing. You, you make enough noise and scream and holler most of the time. Bears and mountain lions will run away. Not in this time period. They're, matter of fact, they're coming looking for you. Okay, or, or I should say for them, that'll be there. I don't plan on being there. So, again, it's just everything's out of whack. The whole world is in grave turmoil. I mean, that's the picture, in a, and it's painted very vividly, I would say. Somebody have a hand up somewhere?
Oh yeah. Well, even even in even in in uh, within the city limits of L.A., if you're up against the right hillside, yeah. you know, if nothing else, that people in attack, they and they lose lose a lot of dogs and cats too. Okay. The fifth seal, martyrs. And we broke the fifth seal. I saw underneath the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God and because of the testimony which they had maintained. And they cried out with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, will you refrain from judging and avenging our blood on those who dwell on the earth? And there was given to each one of them a white robe, and they were told that they should rest for a little while longer, until the number of their fellow servants and their brethren who were, who were to be killed, even as they had been, should be completed also. Interesting that those that were to be killed, sometimes in the life of believers, it's actually according to the will of God that people are killed for their faith. I guarantee you, get to heaven, you ask every apostle that was killed for he'd tell you that he'll tell you yep that was the lord's will for me in my life it was the will for john the john the baptist that happened to stephen the first recorded martyr in the new testament the old testament prophets whether they were killed or not not all of them but most all of them were persecuted by the nation they were preaching to so i mean it comes with the territory and it's going to, and it's going to be part of the it's going to be a big part of the tribulation period that the forces of evil will be attacking the truth. Not unlike today. Not unlike today. And again, I know I've made this point before, but it's worth repeating, I think, the fact that, you know, we, you know, living here in the Western world in this day and age, there's very, no persecution comes, rises to this at all. Not here, not Canada, not South America for the most part, not Europe. You have to go to third world countries to get this kind of persecution or out-and-out communist countries or Islamic countries to get this. In the West, we've been spared this kind of persecution so far. I, I believe it's going to be quickly coming to an end. That's in. That's one of the seals. A fact of life in the tribulation period is martyrdom for all those who dare to believe. They were, they they may not all of them are going to kill now. Not all of them are going to get killed for their faith, but many will. And you know, <clears throat> so I I kind of marvel not marvel but I kind of laugh inside some of these folks that almost fantasize as being in the tribulation period, like you know people that believe in a mid-tribulation rapture or a post-tribulation rapture think, oh, you know, we'll just be food and God will do it. Uh, read, take, read again. See, <laughs> But uh, we won't go back on the rapture lesson, but, we, but I think it's perfectly clear from the biblical evidence is that the 70th week being the tribulation period and all 70 weeks are determined upon your people, Daniel, <laughs> which is Israel, 
Okay, so that's a time, and, and Revelation, even in the book of Revelation, it makes it clear that this is Israel's time. God is purging and bringing Israel back to himself. That's a major function of this period of time. Now, that sixth seal, and I just call this one cataclysmic events, <laughs> okay? And, uh, and the product of those cataclysmic events, it produces sheer terror, in the hearts of mankind. 6.12 And I looked when he broke the sixth seal and there was a great earthquake and the sun became black as sackcloth made of hair and the whole moon became like blood and the stars of the sky fell to the earth as a fig tree casts its unripe figs when shaken by a great wind and the sky was split apart like a scroll and it rolled up and every mountain and island were moved out of its out of their places and the kings of the earth and the great men and the, and the commanders and the rich and the strong and every slave, every free man hid themselves in caves and among the rocks of the mountains. And they said to the mountains and the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the presence of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come and who is able to stand? I find that so interesting. Hide us from the wrath of the lamb. That... That tells me two things. They know and, and properly identify Christ as the Lamb of God. And to the heart of the unbeliever, a lamb, which is we all, and if you've raised lambs, they are very gentle little cuddly things, you know, but, you know, the ram, he is the, remember John the Baptist said, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world? That's the lamb. Yeah, see, the first time he came as the sacrificial lamb. The next time he's coming as conquering king. Okay, and so it's interesting that early on it's identified to us that people know where a lot of these things are coming from. And you notice there's no, no mention about repenting? Hide us. You know, you would think somebody that, would, that knows that much about Christ would know you, there's no place you can go and hide. But... What can I say? That's what they're going to be. But I, one thing I noticed is that the first six correspond quite well with what our Lord spoke in the Olivet Discourse. Let's look at Matthew 24. We, we looked at that briefly in past classes. But Matthew 24, verses 4 to 8. Again, in answering their question about, uh, you know, when, are these things, when will these things be and what will be the signs of your coming and the end of the age? Jesus answered them and said, See to it that no one misleads you. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ, and will mislead many. And you will be hearing of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not frightened, but for those things must take place. But that is not yet the end. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom in various places, and there will be famines and earthquakes, but all these things are merely the beginning of birth pangs. Then they will deliver you to the tribulation, you, they will kill you, and you'll be hated by all nations on account of me. And at that time many will fall away and will deliver up one another and hate one another, and many false prophets will arise and mislead many. 
Okay, and because the lawlessness will increase, most people's love will grow cold. But the ones who endure to the end, he shall be saved. Okay, and um, also during that time period, we'll just go into verse 14. We dealt with that last week. And the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world for a witness to all nations, and then the end will come. Okay, so, yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, these are just the beginning of birth pangs. And from the perspective of our Lord, he was actually, and, and when you look even from, we know Revelation is in the tribulation period, just because of the, the setting in the book of Revelation. But from the setting of our Lord, sitting on the Mount of Olives, uh, a couple of days before going to the cross, uh, he's looking, answering their question, because remember what, what fostered the question. The, the guys were looking and says. They came out of the temple grounds and said, aren't these buildings beautiful? Make, someone making a nice comment. And Jesus, I mean, I don't know, not meaning to, meaning to spoil the party, said, tell you something about these, I'm paraphrasing it, something about these buildings. Not one stone is going to be left upon another. And that happened in 70 AD. Okay. And then he just kept going with his discussion. And I'm convinced what he described here uh, in, in that Olivet Discourse is what's going to happen to mankind basically from 70 A.D. right on through into the tribulation period because the only definite specific thing we can point to in that time frame of that 70th week is the middle where the desecration happens. And all I would ask anybody to do is I'll kind of do like Abraham. Remember when Abraham tried to negotiate with the Lord on, you know, sparing Sodom? I'll do the same kind of approach Abraham took. Can somebody give me a 50-year period where there were not wars anywhere in history? Anywhere in history? You know, well, how about 20? <laughs> you know, how about 10? How about 1? No, there's wars going on right now. Perhaps not on a world wide level, but there's wars and butcherings going on in the continent of Africa. Um, anyway, I mean, just, just, it's just everywhere. It's just, you can't, there's, that's just the heart of man functioning. That applies to everyone who who endures it and will be saved, Jew or Gentile. Doesn't matter. There's no no uh, yeah no distinction in that statement. No, no, it's going to be a worldwide tribulation, and many Gentiles will be saved in that tribulation period. On top of everything else that's going on, on top of all the judgments and the martyrs, martyrs. There's going to be Gentile martyrs as well. I'm conf- I'm convinced of that. Um, but there's going to be, remember when he comes, you keep reading Matthew 24, 20, get further in when he, we'll, we can talk about, which is after the Antichrist, we'll talk about the second coming itself. 
when he comes back, it's, you got that, the judgment of the sheep and the goats. It's not good to be a goat. <laughs> but remember, if there's sheep that walk right into the kingdom, that means some survived alive, right? So, yeah. So, uh, yeah, there's going to be people, and there's going to be from all nations. So, and it, it, it's, it's specifically stated. So, yeah, it's both Jew and Gentile. It's all nations, yeah. <clears throat> No, that's a that's a, actually a uh, a retainment wall, a retaining wall that holds earth back from you know like like he would have on the side of a hill. That's a retaining wall. From the Jewish perspective, that's the closest thing they got. Remember, they got that mosque of Omar sitting on the temple site, and so the only artifact left over from the temple in Jerusalem is a retaining wall. So they go there and you can see them doing this thing and, and putting their little prayers in the cracks of the wall. You know, that's what they do because that's, that's all they've got. See, and it's, but it shows you, too, their desire for Messiah, but yet their ignorance of Messiah. It's sad. It, it is, it's a sad thing to see when you look at it through the eyes of scripture. These poor people, they don't know any better. Anything else? No. This is the Messiah. There's an actual synagogue that they built in that last armrest arch because they feel that's the closest that they can get. Yeah. And I, I mean, that literally is <clears throat> why they're there. I'll tell you, and it's, it's all the <laughs> Israeli government can do sometimes to hold back the super-duper conservative Jews, which would be a lot like the first-century zealots that went around, you know, stabbing Romans in the middle of the night. Uh, they would, there's a group they would so love to just walk in and blow that thing right off the Temple Mount, <laughs> but you don't dare because that would start World War III for sure. And they just, that's not the, but even that though, I look at that, that's all God's timing. It's going to happen it's going to happen, and when don't know. Who knows? That may be that thing may last all the way into the tribulation period, and the Antichrist takes care of it. You don't know. Maybe that's part of the deal. <laughs> you know, we'll make a deal. <laughs> we'll, we'll take that. You can put. We'll put up a holy place for you. You know, life is good. Yeah. It. I mean, he's going to make a deal with them. And who knows what it's going to be. I mean, there's a lot of possibilities. That thing could get knocked off next week in some kind of war. Who knows? <laughs> okay? But right now, in our, in our day and time, it's there. It's a reality. And the people of Israel, again, the, like I say, the Wailing Wall is the closest thing they've got to worshiping in the temple. Okay. Now, the seventh seal, and that's in chapter 8 of Revelation. Okay, <clears throat> Revelation 8, 1 to 6. Now this one, we get here, we've moved through some history, and the end of this whole thing is getting closer. And you can just tell by the way things are, are said. 
And he broke the seventh seal, and there was silence in heaven for about a half an hour. All right. That, I'll tell you. <laughs> Let's look at Revelation 4. I want to just do a quick comparison here. Revelation 4, 5 to 11. <clears throat> Here's the scene in heaven when John was brought up there to get a, a look at it. And from the throne proceeded flashes of lightnings and sounds and peals of thunder. And there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne there was, as it were, a sea of glass like crystal. And in the center and around the throne, four living creatures full of eyes in front and behind. And the first creature was like a lion, the second like a calf. And the third creature had the face like of a man. And the fourth creature like a flying eagle. And the four living creatures, each one of them having wings and full of eyes around him. And day and night, they do not cease to say. Day and night, they do not cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty, who was and who is and who is to come. Sounds a lot like Isaiah 6, right? When the, his vision. We won't turn there, but... And when the living creatures gave glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, to him who lives forever and ever... The 24 elders will fall down before him who sits on the throne and, and will worship him who lives forever and ever and will cast their crowns before the throne saying, Worthy are you, O our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power for you did, did create all things and because of you will they exist. They existed and were created. So again, giving glory and honor to God for being Savior, Creator. I mean, just, and isn't that worship? You look at the Psalms. What is the motivation for worshiping God? Number one, on his attributes, who he is. I mean, you want to do a study of the attributes of God, read very closely the Psalms. You, you will see every attribute of God in there because that's what we praise him for, who he is and what he's done. You'll see that in there too. Like in the Psalms, a lot of praise is given for, you know, the Exodus, for example. There's many, many psalms that refer to that excess and him as creator you know of course that's one of his attributes creator but um anyway we see the, the noise going on there it's not you know nobody's going to fall asleep in heaven okay <laughs> yeah you won't be falling asleep in heaven and um uh, you know, in, it, it goes on i mean chapter five even verse nine they sang a new song saying worthy art thou and again again over and over, worthy is the lamb that was slain, worthy, worthy, over and over again. Now, all of a sudden, you get now, he opens that seventh seal, and the, that thing pops open, silence in heaven. That tells me, you, you know the, the, old, the phrase, silent, the silence is deafening? Well, this silence will be deafening for a different reason. Something's up. And it's, it's almost like, and we're going to see the word come up, later but the word in the in the in the scriptures that says woe that's a monster silent woe get back look out it's coming it's coming and I think of it just from the praise and going on lightning thunder all the all the the noise and the praise going on up there and all of a sudden foop, for a full half hour. That half hour, I wonder how long that really seemed like. That silence, just from, from all that commotion, if you will, to just nothing. Just perfect silence. 
in verse 2, chapter 8, Revelation, And I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and seven trumpets were given to them. And another angel came and stood at the altar, holding a golden censer, and much of the incense was given to him, that he might add to it the prayers of the saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints went up before God out of the angel's hand. And the angel took the censer, and he filled it with the fire of the altar and threw it to the earth. And there followed peals of thunder and sounds and flashes of lightning and, and, on the earth, and an earthquake. God. And, and very often, too, God will use mankind to judge himself. I mean, God uses mankind to judge mankind. Well, God used uh, Syria. God used Babylon. God used Egypt to, to judge the Jewish people. So, I mean, it, God will use them. God will use people like that. That's part of his plan. <clears throat> and the first sounded, and there came hail and fire mixed with blood. And they were thrown to the earth, and a third of the earth was burned up, and a third of the trees were burned up, and all the grass was burned up. How do you like that? One-third of the earth was burnt up. We're on page two now, by the way. <laughs> the second trumpet, and I, I don't think I need to read them, read them all, but I'll just, on our outline, the second trumpet, one-third of sea life dies, and the ships are destroyed. I, I, I understand that to be the ships at sea are destroyed. I figure the ones in the, in the harbors probably skated that one. But uh, destroyed, it's gone. One-third, one-third of all sea life dead. The third trumpet, <laughs> one-third of all fresh water is polluted. They call it wormwood. The fourth trumpet, this is another spook, and this has happened before too. Uh, one-third of natural light is darkened followed by a grave warning. We need to look at that. <laughs> That's in verses 12 and 13 in Revelation 8. And the fourth angel sounded, and a third of the sun, a third of the moon, and a third of the stars were smitten, so that the third of them might be darkened, and the day might not shine for, for a third of it, and the night in the same way. Can you imagine just dingy, not the brightness of the daytime just is not there? And I looked, and I heard an eagle. Oh, I love this. I looked, and I heard an eagle flying in heaven, saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to those who dwell on the earth because of the remaining blasts of the trumpet of the three angels who are about to sound. Now you know why there was silence in heaven. I mean, it's, I mean we start one-third of virtually everything was knocked out, and now he's saying, whoa, 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 it's getting worse? <laughs> it just, this stuff just keeps escalating. It keeps escalating. You know, I mean, when you see the judgments of God, it's really foolish for men to think they're going to go play hardball with God. <laughs> no, you're in the wrong league, pal. <laughs> Don't even think about it. Don't even think about it. But yet, we'll see at the end, the Antichrist actually does think about it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That eagle flying in the heavens, some say, oh, that's probably an airplane, a jet, or something like that. Quite frankly, these judges from God, I prefer to think it's an actual eagle. That, it's me. And I, I'm kind of like that when Scripture says 
Somebody's riding a horse, I think it's a horse. Somebody's an eagle flying through there, I, I kind of like the idea of an eagle. Well, there's three angels who are about, are you sure you're not down there? The eagle, the eagle says angel, 13A says an angel, yeah. The alternate translation I have in my thing is one eagle. I heard one eagle flying in heaven. Is that referring to an angel? Again, it's one of those uh, things that uh, doesn't require us founding a new denomination over. <laughs> we, can, we can just, whatever, you know, it's majestic. The eagles are often symbols of many nations, including ours. I mean, so, you know, yeah, they're powerful bird. And in this context, a bird of prey. <laughs> so, you know, um, the fifth trumpet, nine verses. Here's one. I just called this one, demonic creatures torment the people of the earth. Not only will God use men, God will use demons as well, if it suits his purpose. Let's look at this one, and we'll see how far we go. Well, Okay. And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star from heaven which had fallen to the earth, and the key of the bottomless pit was given to him. And he opened the bottomless pit, and smoke went out of the pit, like the smoke of a great furnace, and the, and the sun and the air were darkened by the smoke of the pit. And out of the smoke came forth locusts upon the earth, and power was given them as the scorpions of the earth, and the scorpions of the earth have power. And they were, they were told that they should not hurt the grass. Which was burned. Yeah, a third of it's gone anyway. So, I mean, you know, uh, in the earth. So, nor any green thing, nor any tree, only only the men. Okay, I think it's doing it's a couple of things here. One, it's, it's telling us these are not normal locusts. Locusts devour vegetation. These locusts aren't going to be concerned about vegetation. Their, their, their target is men people okay and and not every person either but only the men who do not have the seal of god on their foreheads this is not a judgment for this is only a judgment for unbelievers for those that reject messiah reject the gospel this judgment is on them <clears throat> and they were not permitted to kill anyone but to torment for five months. Five months. And their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it stings a man. So I don't know if any of you have ever been stung by a scorpion, but the painful feeling, it's a lot worse than a bee sting, <laughs> especially if you get one of those big suckers that get you. I mean, I got, I've, I got stung by a small one once, and that was a pretty powerful sting. But that went away in five, ten minutes. Can you imagine that powerful stinging sensation for five months, day and night? I mean, <clears throat> and the appearance of the locust was like the horses prepared for battle, and on their heads, as it were, crowns like gold, and their faces were like the faces of men, and they had hair like the hair of women, and their teeth were like the teeth of lions. These are some ugly-looking creatures. And they had breastplates like the breastplates of iron, and the sound of their wings like the sound of chariots, and many horse rushing to battle. And they have tails like scorpions, and stings in their tails is their power to hurt men for five months. They, 
they have a they have as king over them the angel of the abyss. His name in Hebrew is Abaddon, and his name in the Greek, he has the name Apollyon, otherwise known as, to us, Satan, the devil. That's who this is talking about. The first woe is past, and behold, two woes are still coming after these things. And so demonic creatures are, who are locked in an abyss are released by the star that falls from heaven. And we'll look at that when we compare Satan with the Antichrist when we get into that study, how Lucifer who fell from heaven, you know, the star of the morning who fell. So there's no question in my mind this is Satan who is allowed then to take a key and unlock, as it were, that pit where these demons have been housed and out they come taking on this form and not only do they uh, wreak havoc with their stinging, just their appearance has to terrorize people. Can you imagine having these things come buzzing your house? <laughs> you know, this is, I mean, this time period is like none other. This time period is like none other. I mean, it's just, it's, it's fantastic in a way, in a bad, in a negative sense. Wow. Now, the sixth trumpet comes in verses nine or chapter nine, verse thirteen through twenty-one, and this is a huge army that's turned loose. And let's let's look there, nine thirteen to twenty-one. Six angels sounded, and I heard a voice of the the four <clears throat> four horns. One having verse fourteen says one saying, the sixth angel who had the trumpet released the four angels who are who abound at the river, great river Euphrates. And the four angels who had been prepared for the, for the hour and day and month and year were released so they might kill a third of mankind. Interesting. There's one third of mankind died. These four angels are they that were bound there and now released. I'm thinking these are probably fallen angels. I would not see the necessity of binding the elect angels, okay? So I think that's a fair conclusion. And then verse 16 says, and the, number, you know, <clears throat> and the number of the armies of the horsemen was 200 million. I heard the number of them. And this, is how I, <clears throat> and this is how I saw in the vision the horses and those who sat on them and the riders and the breastplates of fire and hastened and brimstone and the heads of the horsemen like the heads of lions and out of their mouths proceeded fire, smoke, and brimstone. And, verse 18, a third of mankind was killed by these three plagues, by the fire and the smoke and the brimstone who proceeded out of their mouths. So, on top of, on top of what the angels have done, you've got now this big army that comes through, and um, the result is, you know, another, uh, another third of mankind is killed. In verse 20, uh, the rest of mankind who were not killed by the plagues <laughs> did not repent. Did not repent of the works of their hands so as not to worship demons and idols of gold and of silver and of brass and of stone and of wood which can neither see nor hear nor walk. And they did not repent of their murders 
nor of their sorceries, nor of their immorality, nor of their thefts. Business as usual among the unsaved. Sorceries is an interesting word. It's the word comes from the root, the, he, the Greek word pharmakia, from which we get our word pharmacy. And um, even way, way back in times past, drugs were often associated with spiritualism and so forth and sorceries. Interesting. Kind of a lot like our day, isn't it? Sorceries, drug abuse, not caring a lick what God has to say. Yeah. <laughs> and the seventh trumpet, we go all the way to chapter 11 for that one. <clears throat> and there's a lot of information in between these things which add to the story of, of that Revelation is laying out for us. And it starts identifying certain people and characters that are in the book of Revelation. It looks like we're going to have to stop with this one, the seventh trumpet. But then this one here, the seventh trumpet, is going to be the announcement of the soon coming of the kingdom of God. Okay? Uh, 11, 15 to 18. And we'll just, we'll just close here and, and pick up with the bowls of wrath next week. And then we'll move on into the Antichrist. <clears throat> 11, 15. And the seventh angel, pick up verse 14, where it says, The second woe is past. Behold, the third woe is coming quickly. And here it is. And the seventh angel sounded, and there arose loud voices in heaven, saying, The kingdom of the, of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. And the twenty-four elders who sit on, the, on their thrones before God fell on their faces and worshiped God, saying, We give thanks to thee. We give thanks, O Lord, our God, the Almighty, who are and who was, and because you have taken your great power and have begun to reign. And the nations were enraged, and the wrath came, and the time came for the dead to be judged, and the time to give the reward to the bondservants and the prophets, the saints, and those who fear your name, the small and the great, and to destroy those who destroy the earth. And the temple of God, which is in heaven, was opened, and the ark of his covenant appeared in his temple, and there were flashes of lightning, and sounds, and peals of thunder, and an earthquake, and a great hailstorm. There's another earthquake. It's what this is, a display of the awesome power of God. That's what this is. And heaven enjoys it, but it's a warning to the earth. And this is a, you know, it's the, this seventh woe, what it's going to do it's going to unleash, in, and you've got to go all the way to chapter 16 to find it, which is the seven bowls of wrath. I wonder, you know, we could do this in about five minutes if you think it's okay. I don't see anybody milling around out there. But you just, the bowls, these are poured out in rapid Rapid, rapid fashion. Just one after another, after another, after another. And so this, now we're getting right up against, just like it said, we're getting right up against the second coming. The Lord is about ready to come back. And these are like the final shots. 
That first bowl, painful sores, just popped up on people. All remaining sea life, dead. Fresh water, turned to blood. The sun scorches the people on the earth. Yeah. When, God, when, when, when God causes global warming, it warms. People are going to get scorched by, by sun flares and things. Uh, the fifth bowl, uh, the kingdom of the beast, is darkened. See, now, that, now he's going right after the beast and his kingdom. The sixth bowl, the Euphrates River is dried up in preparation for the coming battle of Armageddon. So a big army from the east can come over. And then the, uh, the seventh bowl is one final huge earthquake. Okay, and one thing I, I just, because we're so close, and I mean, you can read these, and that's, it's going to come up to this. You're going to come up with the same conclusions. What I wanted to get to is the reaction of the unbelievers all through these judgments. Back in chapter 6, you know, hide us from the wrath of the Lamb. Uh, in chapter 10, the rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent. In, in, through these bold judgments, they blasphemed the name of God and did not repent, 16.9. They blasphemed the God of heaven and they did not repent, verse 11 of chapter 16. And, then, and men blasphemed God because of the plague of hail, 16.21. So, I mean, that is, but again, you know, praise God that we have been taken from that position of reacting to his judgment by hating God, by speaking evil. And I put in the bottom of our page, Ephesians 2, 1 through 7 as a closing for this. And here's the reason we don't act that way or, re, or react that way. And you who were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince, the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them, we too all formerly lived in the lusts of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh, and of one mind, <clears throat> and of the, and of one mind that we were nature, children of wrath, even as the rest. But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love which he, with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ, so that in the ages to come he might show the surpassing riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Amen and amen. And that's the only reason we are not among those who blaspheme God as well. Let's close in word prayer. Father God, we thank you, Lord for your grace that was given to us. And Lord, may we remember that through this Christmas season that that baby came for the single purpose of dying and paying the price for our sins so that we might be able to say what we've said this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.